In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. All right, are we ready for round two? Yes. Yeah, let's see what we can do with this. I was less enthusiastic. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 I'm I'm ready. Okay. To read your book. Yes. We will start with a question, and that question this time comes from Pat on our Discord server. If you were going to start DMing, and I'll, I'll add the word playing or playing, a new campaign, what one thing would you borrow from this one? So of everything that we do in this ongoing story, this game and everything, what one element of it that you like the most would you like to see brought over to another game? Can I go first? Okay. I wish you would. I like the fact that we started the game with no magic because it essentially had either disappeared from the world and then it had to slowly come back. Mm-hmm. Because when in the other games I've ever played, it's just you have the magic and... It's almost it's taken for granted. Exactly. And like you automatically know how to do it. Like, yeah. oh, you've got this one now. And so I know how to do it. Whereas in this game, I've liked how we've sort of had to learn what magic was, how to use it. A lot of times when we use it, it was by accident. And then and then we just, as we used it more and more, we kind of felt, okay, this must be how to do it. I appreciated that about this more so than I thought. When we first started this and you said, no magic at first. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what do you, what, what am I going to do if I don't stupid? have magic? Yeah. Um, but I, it, I think it's worked. Good. Good. Well, I'm glad. This might feel a little table talky or a little bit about, you know, kind of the meta gaming, but I appreciate that the point system is not necessarily just based on um, the what feels like kind of a random application of points based on what the book says about the various encounters. But when you're doing a homebrew and you have to kind of put these things together, I think that deciding to have a point system that better reflects what happens um, in the game and not just you kill things and get points for them or you you meet certain targets and get points for them, uh, but things that feel appropriate for the development of the story or the world, and then also whether or not you have players play their character as appropriate that not only furthers a plot but plays into their characters, you know, the assumptions about the character. I think that makes it work better. You called it the Norse battle points, but I think that that concept makes points feel less arbitrary mm. and it more, I think, better reflects the development of the character. Yeah, so early on, I made this decision to use the 100-point progression system, and uh, that was actually an Unearthed Arcana article that obviously we started using well before you came on, Jeremy. From the outset, I mean, the way it was designed in this unofficial, official D&D content was, first of all, 100 experience points, which was hard for us to get used to at first. I remember Michael giving me some weird looks across the table He's at like, first. okay, take one point for that. I'm like, one point? <laughs> Thanks for nothing. After we're used <laughs> to getting 300 experience points here, 1,000 there, uh, yeah, to, to drop suddenly down to single digits and being excited about it, that was a hard thing to get used to. But it's built on what they call the three-pillar system. Combat is one of the three pillars, as are exploration and interaction. And so exploration, you, in fact, in the last episode, you got an exploration point for exploring the city of Karavi. When you get to a location, you get experience points because you're discovering a new part of the world, which was, to me, a fun way to reward people and to encourage getting outside and going and finding new things. 
So that was fun. And then the interaction is as you interact with people that are of varying influence throughout the world, you get experience points for that too. So I think it's a more well-rounded approach to experience points so that you're not just the murder hobos walking around. What can I kill next? Or or invited to be. I think that sometimes when you attach so many points to combat, it does invite that kind of mm-hmm. interaction. Good. Well, I'm glad you find that useful. We'll probably carry that over to our less formal games uh, in the future. And so be looking for that. Meredith. Well, Jeremy took mine. Uh, honestly, I was going to say, I like the point system. So we've already discussed that. So I'm just going to take a cop out and say, I wish I could just take Tira with me uh, to yeah. every game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love Tira. She's, uh, she's been easy for me to play. And I do feel badly that I've, I've sadly underutilized some of her subtler abilities. So I'm resolved to remember to do that from now on through the end of this story. But yeah, I would just play her forever. How does that work exactly? Because I've seen or heard of folks talking. It's like, oh, I'll bring my character so-and-so that I made it a couple of things. But like, so you just join a game with like perfect strangers. They've all got their characters from previous games. I'm like, I'll be at starting at verse four. I mean, verse, verse four. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be starting at verse. I'll be starting at level 14. And like, they'll be like a level 20. And like, so they just take like, I, you know what I mean? I, I, it, it was weird to me because every time I played a game, we've always created a new character for that campaign. Yeah, I would say it's possible if I were doing something like that where BYOC, yeah. I would have you step it one way or the other to get everyone at the same level. Okay. So if you're already past that, then step it back as necessary. I actually tend to keep a list of my level up information. So if I need to, I can step it back to where where it was. Uh, for instance, for Thump, I have that. What, what did he get at this level? I do that specifically if I'm doing a character that's going to start at an advanced level. So have you started a game with a character you brought from a previous game and then you played it that way? In my high school game, the first D&D game officially that I ever played, I was given a character that had already been oh, okay. made. And so I had to get to know Strider the Ranger. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. Mm. I carried him through a few levels. It was fun. Mm. But, but yeah, yeah, if I could t- if I could take Wamberbash, uh, I love the Mystic, and I like uh, I like, like this the Mystic because it's broken. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, and you put so much into them of yourself, uh, and I think this game has really invited customization and personalization to make them feel more alive than any character that I've ever had the opportunity to play with. That's been good. Thane responded through Discord. He said, "Personally, I really like the cutscenes that my dad employs. They add a lot of depth and excitement to the story." Hearing him say, we pull away, always filled me with a kind of tingling. Of course, that may have been my seat falling numb after having sat at the table for so long. (laughs) So he had that to say. Um, I think I like the character level up episodes where we make the gains that you get from level to level a part of the story. It's not just, oh, I'm third level. Now I can do this. They come from somewhere. And I like being able to make that a part of the story. So it's it's more meaningful that way. I think that. That is well said, because that's something Jennifer actually mentioned about the movie that we watched last night. You know, we were talking earlier about the movie that they employ a little bit of that kind of narrative play in a character being able to do something. I don't want to give anything away, but unlock an ability or do something they had not done before. Right. And it kind of falls in with how do you present leveling up as a narrative element. If you were going to show leveling up, 
in like a movie? Do they glow for a second and then they can do more things? Or do you make it like the development like we do human beings? We, we are able to get further in life because we've done certain things. We gain experience and we are smarter or maybe we're hardened by our experiences. And so leveling up in a narrative setting, I think works or invites a, a longer look, like you said, the level up episodes. Yeah. And I have never been in a game that has done this, but I think it would be a lot of fun if you know, for instance, that at the next level, you're thinking you're batting around the idea of maybe multi-classing in the current level. If you start working in training with, so like when Farron was with us, if Tira wanted to take a level of fighter, then you're training with her throughout that level mm -hmm. so that by the time you hit your next level and you take that level of fighter, it makes sense. It it's, makes sense. Yeah. Oh, of all of a sudden a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, well, we, we've me. done that a little bit. So before I chose, um, best, uh, best bestial, form. bestial, bestial form, we did, I actually did get a book, remember? And I looked at like all the animals or whatever. And I was like, I work with animals. So we kind of worked that in the story. I think I've never done a game like this where we did have level up episodes that did fold the leveling up into the story. I mean, from the very beginning when yeah. Peter got his healing, mm -hmm. remember it was like vines and everything else. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just, it, it enriches the character too. Yeah. Well, good. So I'm, I'm glad we all have things that we appreciate enough from this game to carry it over to other games. And I'm hopeful that when we start our informal off mic game, whenever that will be. Is there a uh, Comic-Con thingamabob at the library I don't know. This year? We'll have to check. Because it's April. Yeah, and it was usually in May, It was right? in May last time we the, did it. Yeah, the first time we did it was May. Even if we don't have a, like, a live taping or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Maybe yeah, just, just going to be there, there and yeah. maybe have some real merch. I bought an embroidering machine. Ooh, for shirts. Yeah, she wore that to the movie last ah, night. And ah. yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. And he had em his... Embroidered underwear. Hey. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I know you guys have got fans, but... <laughs> Ooh, I want the underwear, Mommy, the underwear. I mean... Socks. But are you ready to get started? Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's go ahead and get going. <laughs> Hello, stackers. Thank you for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womber Bash Benson Mom. Jeremy as Dimitri Langenbeev. Who is ready to tell a story? <laughs> me! <laughs> me! Obviously me. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. Uh, you, Nico, Nico, Lunk, go inside. He doesn't want them to see him knuckle under. Uh-huh. They look concerned, and with several awkward glances over their shoulders as they pass by the table, they see you not even looking at them. You're paying them no heed. They're walking behind you to get inside, and they are very slow about it. We're trying to make a more even-handed society that makes sure that people like our friend Thump here have more rights than they do in other places. Karavi can be his head face. just goes right down onto the table and he starts crying. We want Karavi to be the face of a new kind of society and you, Papa Nico, can be a big part of this. You can have this kind of support behind you. You talk about paying the price. Just by talking to you, I am basically a dead man. 
would you stand ready to take my family away from you, Kunos? That we can absolutely do. We have people who can absolutely help them get off the island. They cannot go far, but I think to get them away from here would be most helpful. Hinotion has the advantage of being less inhabited and therefore easy to hide. Borion, much more fabulous and wealthy, and perhaps not where one would expect to find Caligalis. The trained eye of the tailor is looking at the dimensions of Thump and sees, yeah, this is what I made these alterations for. Here, you give it to uh, Yes, absolutely. I, I ought to be the one to present this. You shake it open. It has been turned into what amounts to a surcoat. Okay. And as Thump takes it carefully, he cradles it in his arms. There is a puff of rose. Thump holds it in his arms. The cloth falls in shimmering waves, and the stars are picked out on it in bright silver. He takes it and he slides it over his head and his arms, and it settles into place just so, and he twirls or not twirls. He twirls! (laughs) (laughs) Make him twirl. La, la, la. (laughs) So, Bash is asleep. She's reading, and he's sitting in the window looking at his coat. Yes. Okay, well, Dimitri's going to back out, not say anything. Dimitri, you step out of the room, and suddenly there is a hiss and the sharp smell of a struck match. Well, I thought I was going to sneak out the back door, but it doesn't seem that's going to happen. Thump crooks a finger at you and beckons you back into the room. I suppose that I do owe you an explanation. He folds his arms and he stands there tapping one clawed toe on the hardwood floor. At least him an explanation. Yeah, you guys go ahead and talk. I'm listening. There is a very sharp and sudden smell of damp stone and methane. It's an odd combination in this. <laughs> yeah, no <room>. kidding. <laughs> it gets stronger. Tira sighs and dog ears the page. Someone's going to have to wake Bash up because I don't. I, I, there's no smell that's going to wake him up. Well, maybe food. Did I at least get one more hour? No, that was. This is literally the next minute. Okay. <sighs> You grimace at the thought of putting it down because the next headline is The Pirates Were Right. It is all about the plank. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) Tira's going to poke him hard. Bash, wake up. We need to have a conversation. Uh, We need to make it quick. Thump grabs you by the tunic and he stands you up on your feet. What's going on? I don't know, but they need our attention. He turns you around to face Dimitri, who is standing there at the doorway with a rather bemused look. All right, let's hear it. Well, it is evident that uh, in dealing with these things, I may not be the person that you thought I was. Uh, This is not a costume. Dimitri rolls up his sleeves and pulls his gloves down. His skin is almost flesh-colored, but more red. But right around where his wrists are on both sides are very dark black scars that have a blue sheen to them when the light hits them. What happened to you? He pulls down the collar. Well, first he takes his hood off and you can see that there's his hair is pushed forward over something, but he pulls down first his collar of his shirt 
is tunic, I suppose. Yeah. And there is a very large black scar going around his neck. I have similar scars on my ankles. The blue of these scars is because the magic that was put into the shackles that left me permanently disfigured. I was disfigured in other ways too. He reaches up and he pulls back his hair and he's got two stubs of horns. Your friend Thump knows slavery firsthand. There's a very strong smell in the room. I know it firsthand as well. I've only been in Karavi for a few years now. Originally, I had to make my way from across the sea. I was actually born in Sethaban. My people, as well as people like Thump, have been enslaved for a very long time. I was born into a slaving community. The Frizies worked primarily in mining communities as slaves. A Frizi is a word that you've not heard before. Our friend over here, the Sham, is uh, used for muscle, but the Frizis are used for a lot of other kind of work. There's a vinegary smell in the air. My earliest memories of my mother telling me about who I really was and where I really belonged and the history of the people we had come from. When I grew up, I worked for a mining boss from a very young age. I was not taught to speak. I was not taught to read. I was not taught to even look in the eyes of anyone else who was not a fellow Ifrizi. The relationship between the Ifrizi and the Shams is often uh, tricky. Strong green meadow smell. We put uh, pitted against one another trying to gain the upper hand as both of us were slave groups. I learned early that I was able to listen carefully and say what people wanted to hear. I was able to mimic voices, mimic movements, and that allowed me to be able to escape. I was able to escape Jama and make it all the way to the Karavi. The last few years I've infiltrated a few of the local crime families using some of the things that I've been, that kept me alive. The reason that the slave trade needs to end is because it hurts so many people. The Dimitri that you know is not really who I am. My name is Sekhmet. Thump stands silent, forbidding behind the two of you. Eyes narrowed, gauging Dimitri or Sekhmet's words. Arms still folded tightly jaw clenching from time to time and then he pushes between the two of you and stands towering over you Sekhmet staring down at you from the bottom of his eyes our people have a long history of not getting along but sometimes we hate the people who are the closest to us there is a heavy sulfurous smell that seems to drift down to you Mm, that's danger tinged with the smell of raw meat I mean, I have that, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> it just stinks. <laughs> it stinks. We don't know what that means. Yeah. And then it slowly, ever so slowly, fades away. And he reaches out a hand to you. Sekhmet slowly puts out the hand and places it inside the very large clawed paw and goes to grasp, but not threateningly. 
you hold that position, both of you, for about three seconds, and it seems to tick by ever so slowly. Don't you have, like, black fingernails, too, or something like that? Or no? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I don't think I ever mentioned yes, fingernails, all but whatever. <laughs> sure. And then he slowly puts his other hand on top of yours, and the skunk smell fills the room. Well met. He shakes, and then he stands back and folds his arms again. Tira is taken back somewhat by the sheer volume of information and history that Dmitri Sekhmet has just relayed. But it doesn't come as a complete surprise anymore, given over the last couple of days that they've known him. There have been clear signs that he's something of a shady character in the town, or, you know, that, that he just... It has long seemed like everything was not all on the level, so it's not like it comes out of left field completely, but the idea that Thump and and he would be at odds, considering that they had both been slaves, you know, is kind of having a hard time. Why wouldn't you guys have been working together this whole time? You think back to the marketplace, the Mm -hmm. souk in Ankar. They were fighting. They were forced to fight. Okay, so he's one of those, the same, yes. uh, now when the, they were like... The one that you saw never said a word. It acted more animal-like. Yeah. And so your understanding, or a, a reasonable assumption, is that either they are low intelligence and therefore more beast-like in nature, yeah, or restrained from learning things. Which is what he just said. To the point that they are, they are forced to act like animals mm-hmm. in the absence of anything more. And they were pitted against each other in that fight in the marketplace. People were like betting on it, right? Mm-hmm. It was sport. Do they know about Thump's tail? Uh, actually, yeah, Dragonborn been... don't have tails. Okay, well, then it doesn't matter. Okay. That's funny because... <laughs> well, does he... Did, did they, was there anything in particular about him being enslaved that, that, that has, is, a, is a long-term... Um, application of the that. Thing, did, we never came across him in like the slave market. He was off, and there were two people f- like fighting or beating him up. Actually, correct. So we really don't know much about Thump's background. You don't. Okay. You found him in a crater. Yes, it had a bunch of crystal fragments <laughs> strewn throughout all it. Over the place. You were yeah. as part of the battle, and there were <laughs> fire elementals there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did they know that slavery exists? Did they know that? Oh, and they know that Thump is one of the, the is one of the group that is often enslaved. Yeah, correct. Right. We just didn't know. We don't know if Thump himself had ever been okay. enslaved. He just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting though is um, when we did pick him up. That's when we finally met Asimeris later. Asimeris didn't flinch or anything or have any issue with with Thump. He never displayed any like. Hmm, why do you have a slave? He never said any of those no, things. No, but he also. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, any particularly notable example of him just like treating him like a person. I mean, if anything, he didn't, didn't treat him like anything. Hmm. He, he always dealt with us. Okay, so now I hate a summaries. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, my memory of things that happened in this game beyond like last year is sketchy Yeah, yeah we'd best. have to go back and listen to it. But yeah, I don't... Yeah, you should. But, but the thing is, is he... He's from this area, which yeah. obviously just like, you know, in other places, but he never really flinched or said, or was he apprehensive in any way, shape or form? Right. So he at least isn't... A jerk. A jerk, but he might have still assumed that he was our slave and just kind of took it as a matter Maybe. of course, you know? And remember, we talked about that when we, when we like a few episodes ago, 
when we realize what the attitude was in this town, where then you, I think it was you who said something about, well, then what about Bakongo? Like, what is their relationship? Is he is has he been a summary slave this whole time? Yeah. Like, we all these all these possibilities opened up that we haven't you know had a chance to really explore. When you first arrived in Karabe, I saw an opportunity not only to make sure that we remove the Karapolis family uh, and their cruel grasp here, but to be able to develop a relationship with someone who could take their place and make sure there was someone that we could somewhat control. This is an island that is controlled by various crime families that are constantly at war with one another. Being able to have someone that we have a little bit of our thumb on can be useful. That is not the purpose of our journey, whatever your plans for this city are after we leave. I would like Thumb to be able to go anywhere. Well, so would we, but we have never had a problem. Well, have we had a problem before we came here? (laughs) It may not have been noticed. When you see the slaving communities, when you see the number of people who have been trapped like I was, you understand my motivation. I don't argue with your desired end. But trying to pass us off as a rival crime family who has subdued many crime families before. It worked, didn't it? I suppose. You don't have to stay here and maintain that as long as the fear, just like the eel, does not necessarily have to always engage with the locals. It is the fear that matters. If we can develop something that is scarier than the eel, at least that will keep things here under control. However, unfortunately, it seems like we do have a bigger problem. We actually do have to do something about the eel, especially if we want to keep our thumb on Papaniko. Well, and, and I don't always understand everything he says here, but I mean, he is working with the Reaver, and so we do have to think about that. Again, I don't argue with the desired end here. I'm just concerned about it. I don't like the way it's coming about. Would you rather be loved or feared? <gasps> Easy. Both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> <laughs> In Karavi, being feared lasts longer. People will change their love very quickly. Being feared, that stays. I don't always understand you, but you know what? I like you. I don't care what you look like. I think you've helped us, and so you're my friend. I appreciate that, and uh, and I don't care what you smell like. You're my friend, too. <laughs> now hold on there, <laughs> sir. <laughs> too far! <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what is important now is that we may have to figure out exactly where the eel is, what the eel is doing, how we can get to him and demonstrate that what we said to Papa Nico is at least true enough. You said that you knew the forces that were behind the eel. You dealt with them before. The mystic over there uh, wasn't too worried. That gives me hope. That means that we don't have to worry as much as everyone else does. Well, actually, I, I was just kind of acting like that. I, I am a little afraid of the reaver. Okay, well, we've had <laughs> this yeah we, i mean on. we fought him a few times or not fought we him but fought not, his forces yeah. and and sometimes we've won and i think sometimes we've lost but we have to do it as part of what we're supposed to be doing right tira 
at least for the moment, it sounds like our goals are aligned at least somewhat. If you are trying to do what you can to stop the reaver, the eel works for the reaver. At least in this, we can help one another out. Papa Nico is an appropriate puppet for right now, and as long as he's afraid of you, that keeps him in line, which is useful. He won't try to start anything. He did ask us to do two things. One, allow him to remain in power for safety's sake and release the grasp that the eel has on him and do what we can for his family. These are no small tasks. Finding his family, getting them off the island or to one of the other islands for their safety, and then making sure that there's a buffer between the eel and Papa Nico. Has anyone ever seen this eel? He sounds like a phantom. I've heard stories. I have heard descriptions that run the gamut. I heard stories that he is over. He's taller than uh, taller than Thump here. I've heard stories that he is evil and doesn't even have to walk on the ground. It's difficult to tell the difference between tale and reality. How far away are these places where that he said to take his family? You know that Barion is maybe a day's sail northeast of the island of Yukonos, from the northeast part of Yukonos, heading northeast. It's about a day's sail. Heading to Hinatian, to the south, maybe half a day sail. And Hinatian was the one where it was less populated? Correct. And Okay, I'm back into character now. <laughs> how, 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 many, how many people are in his family? When it comes to some of the crime families, there's really no telling. But he did seem to speak about his personal family, his immediate family, in a smaller way than the people who work for him. Yeah, we're not going to rescue the entire Caligalis crime family. I don't think Papa Nico wants to leave either. It's just the people he wants to protect. As far as I understand, getting off the island to the south is a quicker trip. The method at which you came to this island, do you know how to get in contact with uh, that means again? Well, we got to find a Semeris. We have to find a Semeris. A Semeris being very popular also insulates him and makes him hard to come by. Have you... Well, then we're stranded as well. Yeah, we got to find a Semeris to leave anyway. You do have something at your disposal. Grief. Captain's log, starting. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty. Not, not for communication. You have the airship. But I mean, without, without a... Okay, so... Uh, it I, was docked, that's right. And the crew will take orders from us, too. It's basically our ship. Okay. So you've got methods. You have means of getting places. It's just a matter of sorting through what you okay. need to. So, Tira, I think if we just find the family, I think we can use the airship. Finding the family and getting them on the airship would it take care of at least one part. We must do it quietly. If the eel has already find out, found out or will find out that we are trying to influence Papa Nico out from under him, that will cause problems. Okay, we well, need... the airship is hard to move. Um, inconspicuously. Thank you. I was like, what's the word? The airship is not exactly an inconspicuous means of travel. We've never actually taken it up above the clouds or have we we might have no not not now, this one the first one we went above clouds yeah. once uh, yeah you went into the clouds at one point but that's because they were low hanging clouds now we did the, the first one the one that we crashed into the pond yes <laughs> outside that, uh, that was the one that we clouds. went yeah, above was, the low yeah. hanging clouds and it we could try I think to take it, it up was, I was, well, I was, I was going to say that one 
had sales, didn't it? And so mm-hmm. it was actually seaworthy. Yeah. This one doesn't have sales, though, Correct. does it? So, I mean, even if it's a seaworthy vessel, it's not going to move because there's nothing. I was going to suggest if we just push off like a regular ship, it would be less conspicuous, but there's no sails to make it move. So, Semeries enjoys a certain amount of uh, independence in Karavi because of his position and his creations. It may be that he will provide simply just enough cover to get off the, the island under a Semeries name. Just using his name to get out? If you tell people that you're doing something on behalf of someone else, a lot gets done. Act like you belong. Carry a ladder. Carry a ladder. <laughs> Wear a uniform. Look confident. We're in, we're in uniforms right now, That's actually. Right. That's yeah, right. you are. You're shackle, ankle. We can give it a try. I, oh, sorry. I have a question. Does blind spot only occur to me, or can it be something that I am on? Read it. An action, it's an action, you erase your image from the mind of one creature you can see within 120 feet of you. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw, or you are invisible until the end of your next turn. In other words, if we see someone coming, can I do blind spot? Because I'm on the ship. Now, it only it's only to one person. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with some stuff. It's very targeted to okay, you okay. in particular. <laughs> so you can affect one person's ability to see you. Not everything that you're on. You're trying to cloak the ship, basically. Yeah. I don't know that we have that capability. I suggest this evening that we, you get the amount of sleep that you need or reading time. I will do what I can to get information regarding the location of the family and see if maybe I can discover the location of Assemblies. Right now, I think it's our best plan uh, the airship will certainly give us quick travel, however conspicuous. But if we're able to use a Semery's name to leave port without drawing suspicion, that seems like our best play. Let's do it. It is about one thirty in the morning at this point. So what are you going to do? I assume we're going to send Dimitri off to do his little hustle. And... <laughs> Tira will want to escape from this head full of information and learn more about planking. All right. The pirates were right. The pirates were right. (laughs) Well, the article has unfortunately already moved on. You'll have to go through your search history to find it again. Now it says, no weights, no worries. How to maintain peak physical condition outside the gym. Well, that's good because I I have yet to run across one. (laughs) What is a gym? Yeah. (laughs) How many more hours do I get? Uh, Depending on how much time you want to put in, you can go sleepless, but you're going to take a level of exhaustion to stay up and read. I mean, that's okay. Okay. I remember, I mean, it doesn't necessarily count as sleep, I know, but in the previous episode when she got these 12 hours, it was somewhat restorative because of the magical property Mm -hmm. and what it's it's accomplishing if she can get all these hours in. It's somewhat restorative, but obviously she is going to... There's no substitute for actual sleep, but at least she's not walking around completely haggard. Yeah. You'll take a level of exhaustion until your next long rest without the book. Okay. Uh, However, you'll have the effects of one level of exhaustion which is disadvantage on ability checks. Right. And so then how many hours am I adding to my total here? It depends on how far you want to advance the clock. Uh, mm. Are you going to basically sleep until 8 in the morning, 9, 10, 11, 12? 
how, how long 13, are you 14, to, 15, 16. How long are you going to take this rest? Wamberbash, I assume you're basically going right back to bed. Yes, I am. And I'm, I'm actually in pretty good shape, so I yeah. don't really care how much sleep I get. I just want a little bit more. Okay. But he has to have time to... Uh, it's going to take him more than 15 minutes to accomplish everything he just talked about. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we, We'll come back to him, but yeah. for, for your purposes, staying in the apartment... At least four hours for me is what I would pr- okay. refer. Mm-hmm. prefer. All right. We're going to go with six, which should put you right around eight in the morning. Okay. okay. So basically another eight hours of reading. Oh, okay. Or make that seven hours of reading. So that brings me to nine. So I'm at, that's plus seven yeah. hours. So and you're so approaching nine, the halfway point. I'm at 19 right now. Dimitri's going to try to um, do what he can to gain information regarding where the people are. Uh, so he knows enough thugs within the, the Caligalas family uh, to know where Papa Nico's family is uh, located so they can at least put the plan together. I'm going to ask if I can get this. Can Dimitri have a stash of news at one of his uh, lay low spots? Absolutely. So he can stay on top of what yeah. the things are going on. I know that might be under Arcana. And I don't have a proficiency in that. So uh, or history. We'll go with history. Okay. Okay. So trying to figure out exactly who might be connected to the eel by going through older papers is something he's yeah. going to do before he gets a, about four hours Perfect. of sleep. We'll, we'll do a combination of history and investigation okay. for this. Uh, in the meantime, so even though Womberbash and Tira are taking downtime, I want Michael and Meredith to be a part of building out Dimitri's adventure here, or Sechmet's adventure. Oh boy, so we have to be NPCs for a second. Or just additional brain power in okay. building what happens next. Okay. So I want you to be involved with the providing of details as we go through this. Okay. <laughs> you Prepare know, I'm, yourself. I'm super, great about, I'm super great at that, yeah. Yeah. It's collaborative. I want to do something. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> While this adventure is happening, Womberbash is going to wake up, and he's thinking hard about this rod that and what had happened to him with a little boy. Okay. So he's going to try to figure it out. And if we can leave it at that, I think that's all for right now. We'll come back to that. Okay. We'll come back to it. Okay. Because I have an idea. I have an idea for the activation of it. Okay. Based on the backstory you provided. Okay. What Dimitri goes and he finds out is that regarding the appearance of the eel started with the meteoric rise of the Karopolis family, who had been one of the, the puppet families that the eel held up. Mm-hmm. And this occurred a year or two before your arrival. The Karopolis family was fairly newly in place, and that would coincide with the rise of the Reaver. Okay. So, so about two years before I arrived to the island, the, uh, the eel had started to have the Karopolis family, which they felt artificially um, successful. They had gained a lot of respect early on. A lot of the other families, I mean, uh, they not only fell out of favor in politics, but secondarily, like some of the major players would go missing or would end up accidentally dead somewhere. Anyone who stepped up to the Karopolis family, weirdly enough, their family members would get in a lot of trouble or they would be arrested for things or their house would burn down. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like the Karopolis family had a whole lot more power than they did for an upstart gang. So there were there were uh, rumors in the beginning that that somehow they were being supported from the outside. Now, that was something that had given Sechmet the idea 
of propping up you guys as being an, an, an arm from an outside gang because he's always seen the local gangs as being extensions of something on the outside, um, especially in the case of the Karopolis family. So taking out the Karopolis family was not enough by itself. If you're going to hold up the Caligalis family, they have to seem like they are agents of someone who is strong from the outside. Okay. You leave the apartment heading for your hidey hole that has, where you basically keep your stash of retrieved documents through various means. Just for narrative's sake, um, Sekhmet's not going around in the Dimitri costume, but he's also not wearing the straight up, what he wears is Sekhmet. He's got a couple of layers of different garments that he can put together in different fashions and look slightly different. He's got different kind of headbands and things like that. And you alter your shuffle, your pace to look different. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to allow the Dimitri character to kind of really lay low for a little bit because Dimitri has pulled a bunch of aggro recently. Yeah. <laughs> he has indeed. You hear a, hey, come here. Sekhmet's going to kind of sidle over and maybe look like he's um, been drinking a little bit much and maybe he has to relieve himself. He's going to lean in and listen. You come to a corner where there's a dark alley with a rank smell coming out of it. And a little kid leans over, still in the shadows, but leans over close enough for you to hear, Hey, a ship just came in. You might want to know about it. Do we know who was on it? He's a fisherman. But he says he saw a big ship heading toward Karavi. It looks like it might be the eel returning home. On his way back, huh? So it seems. No fleet, just the one. Hmm. Might be a, another day or so out. He hands the kid a silver coin. Thanks, much appreciated. Now you take care of yourself and make sure your family's okay. Yeah, will do. Homeless network. <laughs> Baker Street Irregulars. <laughs> That's how it works. Okay, um... So make sure to remove that silver from your... Yes. How, well, how many, uh, what's the exchange rate between silver and gold? 10 silver, one gold. Okay. Uh, so that was on my way out. Yep. So that, in that case, that also moves up our timeline. Um, Dimitri, at that point, like I said, on his way to his hidey hole, is going to do some research. He might get a couple hours here, a couple hours there. Of sleeping, maybe get like a four in the middle and start mm -hmm. kind of early before the sun gets up, uh, before the sun rises, going to figure out which people are connected to the eel, how deep. I also want to go, if I can, and I want Dimitri to see if there's anything left of the Karopolis at their old headquarters. Okay. Uh, let's start with, come up with some names, some family names. And Dimitri, you make it back to your hidey hole. This one is what? What does it look like? It can be as big or as small as you want. Is this the one where all of his newspapers are? Yes. First of all, I think it should be a false wall. Okay. So like, like maybe a little bit into an alley. You really can't see it because there's a lot of muck and garbage there. But um, if he pushes it, it opens up to about maybe a foot and a half, two feet at the most to slide behind. And there's actually this hidden, uh, really narrow passageway to the back of this house where apparently there's about three foot by eight foot room behind the main house here mm -hmm. that they're not unaware of but this is where his uh his hiding place of all of his stuff is gotcha. three feet yeah. yeah 
just really, really small. Like it's, it's small. Yeah. It's small enough to where if you look at the outside, you're like, Hey, there seems to be like something else we're missing here. Cause our back room only goes to this. We have an extra window. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so it's small enough. You're right. It it would just be enough, but you could go to the side and maybe Mm -hmm. have some areas and the six feet would give enough for maybe some shelves or whatever, some area for storage. And there are stacks of yellowed damp papers here. Some of them are bundled with twine. Others are just loose leaf. Some are mildewed and stained. The back half of this room, so about four feet, floor to ceiling almost, is tottering stacks of paper. Anything else you want to add to this room? Well, there's got to be a lantern of some kind in there. Mm. He wouldn't be able to read anything. Okay. Yeah, so the smell of paraffin, uh, both from the lantern itself and then from a small tin of it that is next to it for refuel. It's basically a closet that he can stand in and read papers. Right. There's a standing desk behind which the papers start. So you actually have papers spilling over onto the desktop a little bit. Absolutely. Is there a, a, a bedroll that he can roll out and sleep under the desk? Yep. How? In the middle? Yeah. If it's, if it's only eight feet long and four feet of that is he curls up. papers. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, there's not much rolling out of anything and the, the other. And, and, so it's like four feet of papers and a standing desk. You basically got thirty six inches. It's of actually clear four space. feet by sixteen feet. <laughs> the uh, the standing <laughs> desk has a small cut in it. And then you can actually stretch out a little bit. Okay. Uh, there is a moth-eaten carpet on the floor here yes, that is perfect. the sole source of comfort to this room. Perfect. And you start investigating. So if you can roll me, start with, a, start with an investigation check as you start paging through papers. And we're going to see how much you narrow down your investigation. I rolled a 19, but I would have hit an 18 anyway. Okay. It just so happens that you were working on this in your own capacity before even coming across the okay. shackle biters. We just added uh, an, an extra opportunity for you. You were already working on some kind of a solution on your own. Exactly. And so you have several sheafs of these papers at hand. And so you pull them down and you've made a lot of the work easier now. Combining some of the things that you've learned recently, you're starting to make some additional connections. And so now let's do the history check. The history is only, I only rolled a, well, I I can't roll lower than a 10. Is that a proficiency? No. So just 10. The reliable talent is only Only for things things I have proficiency in. Okay. So the history just rolled a four. I did not roll well. Okay. And that's with all your modifiers added? Um, uh, Let me see. History is an intelligence. So three, so I guess, so seven. Seven, okay. Not too bad. I mean, you've made some connections, although you are, you're pretty tired right now. You realize you have your stack of papers here, and it's just a matter of going through them, but boy, man, it's my been a eyelids, long day. Man, just... yeah. So you lie down. And what's going to happen while Dimitri is taking a nap? I'm going to cause some trouble. Okay. Do it. My opinion is it's natural. So what are the names of the two henchmen, Lug and what was... There was Lunk, Nico, Lunk. Nico, Nico, and Nico. Okay. I think at least at least one of the Nikos and Lunk are looking for him right now because they're like, the boss is not acting okay. right. Okay. And they want to know exactly what was said. So I think they're going to go looking for him. Okay. If you can provide me with a stealth roll, Jeremy... We'll I rolled a 17, but <laughs> okay. I blew this out of the they water. They don't find him. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you were definitely circumspect in your travel from the apartment to your hidey hole. But they're walking the streets, I think. They are definitely yeah. walking the streets, and they are shaking people down for information. They, yeah. they are not frightened because Nico, Papa Nico, had enough presence of mind to pass things off as in his favor. 
So, but they know something is not quite yeah. right. When Dimitri first went looking for Papa Nico, there were some people who were a little bit reticent to give him the information. They didn't really know what he had to do with him. Uh, Dimitri had not mm -hmm. spent a lot of time with the underlings before. Right. And so this sudden appearance of somebody who's messing with what they feel is their rise to power. Why in the world does he matter? He's Yeah, because he's, I, I assume those guys, all the Nikos and the, what's his name again? Lunk. Lunk. They're like, why are these people still alive? You know what I mean? Like, we, you don't you don't come, it's, and they did see the way we rolled up in there, like, mm -hmm. disrespectfully. Mm -hmm. For us to be able to walk out without anything, no words said about, like, well, we're going to get them later, at least I, I suppose. That's why they're like, what's going on here? Yeah. So the the bringing up the alert of the Nikos and Lunk, I yeah. Mean, yeah. What was your total with your skill check and everything for the oh. stealth? You rolled a 17? Oh, yes. Um, I rolled a 17 plus 8. And is that an expertise? Is it colored in? What are your, no, stealth. so you're proficient in stealth, but is that one of your expertise? Yes, yeah, that's why I get the, that's why I get the double, okay. double, double proficiency bonus for that. All right, so that's so, 8 plus yeah. 17, 25. Mm -hmm. Jeez. All right, so. Come on, right, you can do it. You've Lunk done it before. and Nico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To uh, just low-level minions. They're just scouring the streets. Okay. They're kind of aimlessly. I rolled a six. It's fine. Uh, they are starting to corner people, push them up against walls, and gently harass them. <laughs> but others are seeing this, and yeah. they're starting to talk. And so word is spreading through right. the city pretty quickly that, that they're looking for me. Papa Nico's goons are acting up. Okay. Back to Tira. She's like, I'm reading my book. I'm reading my book. I'm not making any trouble. I don't want you to hear everybody. You don't know squat until you've read this article. Getting leg day just right. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Wait, I've never done squats. What am I talking about? All of this, this idea of planking and squats and, and, and curling and, and benching. Like, she has just been naturally strong her whole life. So this idea of working at it and to improve yourself... Mm -hmm is just like blowing her mind. Yeah. It's definitely opening your eyes to new ways of thinking about strength. Mm-hmm. Improve myself. I've always been great. What are you talking about? Exactly. That's what she's like. I thought I, thought I, thought I was the perfect form. How do you I'm improve like, upon this? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wamberbash, you are awakened to the sound of Tira gasping in shock at realization. There's a dim light in the room. As, as you look over, you see light shining from this book onto Tira's face. <laughs> and... Wamberbash is not going to roll his eyes because that's not the type of person he is, but he's going to not roll his eyes by not rolling his eyes and just like mm -hmm. ignore. And I, I know I've already asked her before, but she seemed very put off by any additional questions. So I'm going to leave her alone. I don't want to go into a rage uh -huh. or anything. <laughs> um, but I'm going to reach over and grab the rod and I'm going to start to inspect it a little bit further yeah, um, and just kind of figure it out and, and things of that nature. So, All right. Uh, you play with the rod. You're lying there in bed, quietly moving around. Maybe giving it a swish or a flick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. Leviosa. <laughs> Leviosa. Not Leviosa. <laughs> yeah, nothing seems to be giving you that same effect. And then you start replaying in your mind what you were doing. Do you remember so what? Th yeah, so then I remember I was uh, using the stick to put my forehead on and going around in circles to make the kids laugh. And it wasn't until the young boy grabbed it at the same time as me that we automatically showed up to apparently where he was born and maybe started to grow up a little bit in this house in a valley with um, vineyards and everything else. And it was his home because he ran there excitedly 
and pointed to a picture that was apparently his father that looked like me. And so it got me to thinking, well, maybe it was him that took us there. But I'm thinking to myself, but he's never seen this rod before, and I don't think that he's magical. So then I'm thinking, wait a minute, is this rod take you to where you think you want to go? So at first I said, okay, I want to go back home, but nothing happens. And I'm like, and I'm, so I'm trying to figure out how, how, how did this work? And, and so I, I start like putting it on the ground and I start twirling around with it again. And I don't know what Jira thinks or thump, but, <laughs> but I, all I do is just get dizzy at that point. So I'm holding on to it and then I extend it out to thump and say, hey, thump, can you grab this rod? And I think as thump grabs the rod, but nothing happens. And then so he, he uh, I'm looking at it and of course thump, actually does flatulate it's not like a smell he gives off it's like <laughs> what are you doing uh but then um then 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 i thought okay maybe this little boy with if i look like his dad and maybe he really longed to be back at home so then i look down at the rod and i dig up feelings of really wanting to see my old place in the forest again and i think instantaneously i appear in front of my old place yeah the combination of rotating the staff on the ground and your intense focus on a place that you remember if fleetingly still vividly suddenly ushers you out of the place that you've been and with a gentle sinking sensation you find yourself standing in front of the whole house that you remember from your childhood oh my goodness that one okay so i'm shocked i look to the left and i see the the apple orchard Mm -hmm. there's a sound of singing coming from over the wall and I look over the wall and I mean this is supposed to be a paradise I don't know if you guys have read the thing but um I start to tear up because I've forgotten a lot of it but seeing there and being there has brought it back it's almost like you, memory. you don't know the the, the the lyrics of a song until it plays on the radio and all of a sudden you know every single verse of the song it's that type of, of sensation but immediately when my mind goes back to wait a minute what about Tira and and Thump I'm immediately taken back to the room now, did they notice I was gone? I doubt it. Okay. Uh, Thump is asleep. Tira is I'm engrossed reading. in her book. Yeah, engrossed. The last lingering echoes of a warm father's voice hang in your ears. So I cross my legs, I sit down, and I just look at the rod. And I look up at Tira, and I look over at, at Thump, and I just look down back at the rod. And so I'm just thinking about, what is this? Because I know my father's dead. So I don't know where I went or, or why I... Yeah, you know, I know it's Did not I real in time? because the, yeah. the last time yeah. I was there, it was dilapidated. It was, it was, it was, you know, some of it was destroyed. Right. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what just happened. A couple hours pass. Tira is learning how to direct the storm, how to put all your strength to good use. Are your boots on tight? Because your socks about to be knocked right off. <laughs> <laughs> and back to Dimitri Sechmet. Is the sun coming up yet? Yes. Okay, the, if the sun's coming up, uh, the couple hours of sleep that Sechmet got, while insufficient, did help. So he feels a little bit better. He feels like he knows a little bit more about uh, which one of the families, uh, which of the families have closer connections, which ones are going to be more dangerous in the future. The plan for the morning is going to go get the other group, talk to Papa Nico about getting his family out of town. Um, but before we talk to him, we need to secure the ship. So the goal is going to go get them, check on the ship, make sure we can get that done, and then talk to Papa Nico afterward. 
Yeah, we better not offer him a, a ride on our ship if we can't get on it. We also know that we should probably be out of town by the time the, the other ship mm. that has the eel on it comes mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Either be out of town or possibly be in town to intercept. So that we'll, we'll see it. We'll see what that takes. Sekhmet's worried about that. That is a, a concern of his. But as he's kind of waking up, he's already trying to get into plan mode, kind of figure out. I feel like he, he wakes up thinking. Yeah. So uh, Sekhmet's going to kind of brush himself off and kind of get the stink off of him. He's going to take a deep breath, um, pull out a, uh, a few other types of cloth clothes mm-hmm. out of a bag that he's got on the floor so he looks slightly different. These have different colors on them. They're they're put in different ways. Uh, the shoulders are padded different. Some of the, the pants are padded different. So he just kind of looks like he looks different. In this case, this is kind of a, um, the way that he wears the clothes makes him look like a short buff guy. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to put on this clothing that ma- makes him look like a, like a short guy with like huge lats and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So. Yeah. Tira, boy. <laughs> Sick. So, I knew it. <laughs> so he's going to quietly look out the slats. Upon waking, you know how sometimes you wake up and you just have an answer to something. A name does surface to your mind, a family name, Uranas. The Uranas family, right. Okay. And so that, for whatever reason, your sleepy reflection has caused you to remember that as a possible link. To the Caligalis family. Possible link to Caligalis family? Yes. Okay, got it. As being connected to the eel or people that we want to go talk to regarding the Caligalis? To talk to. Right, okay. Yeah. And uh, you get the sense from your conversation with Papa Nico the, over the night uh, that he is going to discourage direct contact with him. Again, for the sake of preserving. Yeah, the, the, the caution, right? Yeah, exactly. So... Secure the ship is going to be number one priority as I go pick them, uh, go back to and pick them up. So I'm going to waddle <laughs> over to the apartment front steps. I would not know anything about anything that's kind of happened overnight. People Correct. being shaken, shaken yeah. down about anything. Um, but as always, I'm still paying attention to who's out there just in case. You're saying roll for... Yeah, what I'm saying is I think yeah. to play into this, you should have to roll for stealth again. Yeah, they exactly. should have to roll to try to find you. Exactly. And then if they find you, you still don't look like yourself. So then there has to be a yeah. perception check. Yep. So what <laughs> you, is said, your... you said you want us to involved in this. Yeah, yeah. sure, Absolutely. totally. What is your stealth roll for this movement? Um, <laughs> it doesn't you, matter. No, Lunk, <laughs> yeah, you probably win. Lunk is living up to his 18. name. <laughs> I rolled an 18. That's he keeps stepping on... Nico and Nico <laughs> keeps elbowing Lunk, so yeah, they're they're too busy in fighting. Okay, so do I make it to the apartment? Absolutely. Okay. You, <laughs> you pass by two yeah, guys I mean, that are arguing. He literally <laughs> walked right by them like this. Yeah, exactly. Go like this. <laughs> no, no, he could have gone that way. <laughs> You're stepping on my foot. Oh, stop it! So, uh, no, I'm gonna no, walk up the. You, you, you carry something. I know you carry something. No, you're crazy. It's walk softly, and uh, I don't know. So. Uh, getting up to the apartment door. You never established a knock, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, come on in. Sekhmet's <laughs> just used to doing this. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Housekeeping. 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 Housekeeping, you want me for pillow? I'm going to look out the window. I'm going to look. Are, are you actually inside? You, oh, you're actually inside and knocking at the door. He's inside knocking on the bedroom He's door. He's in the I guess. stairwell. Oh, is there people? No. 
No. There's no a little. No. Password. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to say Thump goes to open up the door. When, when you go, so go see who that is. Thump looks over at Womberbash, who is cradling the rod, at Tira, who is oblivious to everything. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> <These> buffoons. <laughs> Stands up from his chair. <laughs> over to the door. You hear him coming, Dimitri. He wrenches the door open and stands staring at you. But when he sees it's you, he stands aside. This morning, I think it would be a good idea to make sure that we can get access to the airship. I'm sorry, what? 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 We, the airship we talked about last night. Oh, airship, yes. airship, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should be able to. We left it in port. Yeah. Let's go find out and make sure that we can get a hold of it. Let's make sure that we can get off the island easily. We need oh, to be careful. Yeah. Did something yeah. happen? Nothing yet. Uh, there is a few things that have shortened our timeline. Uh, one, it seems that the eel is on his way back to Kravi. So we are going to hopefully take care of this business as quickly as possible. And if I overheard them arguing, was I able to tell anything about what's going on? No, no, but you know that Lunk and Nico, one of the Nikos is out looking for you. Okay, so I do know that part. Yeah. And it seems uh, that Papa Nico's underlings are questioning things. It is time to get moving. Well, if they see us, then they'll they'll come and confront us, right? Well, hopefully they won't see us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. I mean, his this whole time, man. Okay. We won't be taking many of the main roads. I want to slow that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's going. That's drunken dwarves yeah. right there. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I've got my stuff. I'm gonna pick up my basket and start eating. Yeah. Tear it with a pang. Yeah. You set your book aside. Resolving to look into how negatives can be turned into positives and how to use every part of the lift. Mm. Yeah, that's that's going to be there for you next time, maybe. No, it won't, because every time you, you, give, me, <laughs> you give me a thing, I close the book, I open it up. Oh, it's changed. Well, there's just so much. There's just so much. Yeah, Tira, dog ears another page. Boy, this, I've got a lot of things to get back yeah, to. Yeah, every single page is dog ears. <laughs> well, no respect to the author. Yeah, well... <laughs> Erasmus and K. Schwarzenegger is the author. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to pump. You, you are. <laughs> um, once she's able to disengage from the book, then her focus on the present moment sharpens, Absolutely. and she realizes, "Oh, we need to you know, we need to step this up." Yeah, we're on a timetable here. Bash, just just finish eating it and let's get moving. I'm gonna eat on the we way. We don't have all day. I'm taking my basket. You're going to carry the basket, too. Just shove a bun in your mouth and let's go. I'm taking my basket. <laughs> There's a knock at the door. Were you followed up here, Dimitri? Is it likely? <laughs> but not impossible. Not with my rolls. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. The door opens. Okay. And Mariam steps okay. inside. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Good morning. Mariam, thank you for visiting. Absolutely. I wanted to make sure you have everything you need. Are you all right? I know that was that was a scary scene last night. Were they? Did they hurt you at all? No, no. It is never a pleasant thing to be visited by any of the families. But thank you for taking care of me and my worker. Do you want some of this olive stuff? I just ate, thank you. And you look like you could use some. It's good. It is, isn't it? I made it myself. <laughs> Can I have the recipe Dimitri, card? <laughs> well, Sekhmet has kind of 
maintained this this buff looking kind uh-huh. of stance. This is not something that Mariam has seen him in yet. Yeah. So he's just kind of standing around. She's giving you the side eye. Who is this? <laughs> Who's your friend? <laughs> he's married. <laughs> so let's just move on. <laughs> not available, madam. Yeah. <laughs> she was focused on the three of you, but yeah, seeing this stranger, she gives you the up and down. And he's going to nod and kind of stand in the shadow a bit. Mm. You keep interesting company. Yeah, I think we have to go, right? Yes, we... I'm afraid we're not going to be able to stay much longer. That is good. I have had some questions from Papa Nico and his friends. So it may be best that you are on your way. That's why I came to see you, to see if we might find another place. You want me to pay her off? <laughs> no, I mean, no, just give her some money first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have other... Well, I mean, we're not planning to stay in town, though, right? We're getting ready no, to leave. No, we're, we're by the Okay. I don't know that it will be necessary for us to move locations. We, we've put you in enough danger already. If you'll just allow us to settle up for this room, I think we can get out of your hair. It is very generous of you. I, I do not know that I can ask anything of friends of Asimilis. Tira just inwardly is groaning at how much he has made of their... She feels like it's false pretenses. They're, they're, they're accepting all this um, all this treatment, all this... Imposter syndrome. Favor, yeah, all this favorable treatment under the guise of being a summary's best friends. I, I, Stop being such a paladin. What's that? <laughs> Stop being such a paladin. Well, I mean, <laughs> she... One of, one of my one you of my personality traits is, or, yeah, or, or no, one of my ideals sure. is not trying to pretend to sure. be something. You know, I'm not trying to get by on false pretenses. Perfect. So, or we could just move on because we, we got to get out of here before the eel comes on. I'd be like, look, you can just take the money anyway, babe. Okay. Mm. That's what, you that's what I was getting ready to say. <laughs> Holy cow! Let me grease that palm, please. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate that, Mariam. But you have been so helpful to us. And we don't want to leave you empty-handed, and it's just going to push, I don't know, what, 10 gold? I don't, I don't know what a room costs. I mean, we spent five gold on a, on a shirt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was alterations to a magical garment. Yeah. Yeah. You give five what you gold. feel. Yeah. Okay. She's going to just put five gold in her hand. I mean, she has housed and fed us in two different locations, mm-hmm. one of which... Got us out of the way quick, yep. like in a hurry. Her life was threatened. Her life was yep. threatened on account of us being in town, yep. so. Well, five, that's it. Oh, you think gold. of her life as five gold? Nice. <laughs> Grief. He is so liberal with your money. So how much are you giving her? Five. Okay. She looks abashed, but she takes it. Thank you. May the gods provide you safety. And may we see you again. In better times. I hope so, too. She holds a little pendant at her neck. It's the evil eye pendant. Hmm. All right. And away we go. Uh, are we walking out the door? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So on the way out, um, Sekhmet's going to lean over. Dimitri sends his greetings. He hopes to see you again soon. She looks startled visibly. And she shrugs and walks out okay. uh, to, onto the landing. So are we... We're heading down toward the wharfs. 
outside the city to the west of the city of Karavi is where they left the airship. Okay. Yeah. Do we have to pass more or less by the markets, or is there a way kind of around that direction? You don't have to go through the market at all. Okay. Uh, you know, heading out the western gate of mm-hmm. the city is where you need to go. I mean, you are well familiar with the sight of the airship in the sky. Okay. Uh, it doesn't land. It right. just hovers in place. And so you've seen it. So Dimitri will kind of step in front and head toward the western side. Yeah, Lunk and Nico have moved on. Right. But head in that direction, of course. Yeah. You know, there's, there's always situations. Will we be at advantage point at a certain point to where we can kind of see into the water? Um, are we going to come over a hill that where we can kind of see um, the waters as we head toward the wharves? You won't have a clear view of the water from here until you get outside the western gate. Okay. Unless you head south towards the harbor area where the market is. Are the airships not held in the same place the boats are? Correct. No. Okay. Okay. Well, the, the airship's the more important thing. We'll, we'll head toward the western gate. Okay. I'm going to say you head out the western gate, and there in the morning sunlight, the early day's warmth greets you as you step outside the city. There is a small group of ship's crew that have built little shelters and tents and things around the bottom of the airship to make sure the curious don't come to do stuff. So they've built like a little protective encampment around Mm. the ladder of the airship, and that allows them to get out and do stuff in the city and whatnot. You head towards that encampment, and we're going to go ahead and draw this episode to a close. Next time we'll pick up with you working on the airship, and then also working uh, to mm. discover the locations of Papa Nico's family and so forth. Congratulations. Uh, some interesting things to work through. Uh, and I, again, I, I, I like to end an episode feeling like we've advanced the story. I think we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, experience points. Let's go with two each. Ooh. <laughs> and let's go with Norse Battle. Uh, talking and ambling about. Although, I mean, Bash could maybe get uh, another one or two for a, oh, the, a second more informed foray with the rod. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's starting to figure it out and he's starting to, you know, he, he has used it, this time he used it more purposely. Right. He was able to direct where he went and he's starting to piece together what it was that activated the first time and, and where it's taking him. He still isn't all the way there, obviously. He doesn't know whether he traveled in time or went to heaven or what in the world that yeah. was. But he's, he's, he's a step closer. One thing that we have not at all done throughout this, uh, there's what's called attunement. So in the movie, yeah, yeah. In the movie they made that, a deal yeah. of that. According to D&D rules, 5th edition, some items uh, requires attunement. And in order to use that... You need to spend an hour basically getting to know the item. If you, there, There's no chance to it. It's just you choose to attune to it. The problem is you have a limit, three. You can be attuned to up to three items. And so eventually as you gather enough items, you're going to come to a point where you have to figure out, do I want this one or this one? And so you have to, you have to weigh. I don't know if that rod of security requires attunement, but it may be good for us to start working that element in. Mm-hmm. Uh, your axes and weapons and things. Yeah, that's just a proficiency. I'm just. Uh, Would it say in the description of it? It should. Yeah. It doesn't. It should be an italicized text at the top. Yeah, it doesn't. It just says rod, very rare, and then it goes into the description of what it is. It would be there at the very top yeah. if it did. It's it's just kind of hit or miss yeah. as to whether it does. I, I just Seems kind of arbitrary. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so yeah, take. But I mean, I think I already get in. I'm already getting in game play 
benefit of that, right? The use of it. Well, we'll once, give you one yeah. for working through right. it and flavoring it. I, I yeah. like the flavor. You still have to, yeah. So because I put two first and then the one, is that 21 That's a 21, points? yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. See, that's why I I, yeah. I always tally with, the, our, with tally marks instead of numbers because, yeah, I don't want to confuse fine. myself. No, I think it was it was good. You know, even even though Bash is not normally curious and doesn't actively try to develop his understanding of things. He does. Uh, and you've missed out on some of that, Jeremy, through the course of the story. He, there was a time where he was stealing books from libraries <laughs> <laughs> uh, because he wanted to know more about the animals, which plays into the things yeah, he yeah, talked about. Yeah, turn into a yeah. beast or something like yeah. that. Well, the only thing it seems that he's been interested in on this particular trip has been the culinary delights. Yeah, oh, that, that, that is yeah. a running thing. Uh, yeah, that's a magic all itself. No, well. at, at first, when I started using the abilities, um, it would take a toll on my body. Okay. And, and that would be like depleting, right? All of my, all of my energy. So okay. I would, I would, at first I was just dropping down he and falling asleep, out, yeah. passing asleep because I was exhausted. And then when I get up, I was just so hungry to replenish the energy it took to use the magic itself. And, um, now I'm just pretty much stocking up on all that energy. Okay. So in case I have to use it for long periods of time, um, I'm not just exhausted. Again, I know that's not very fun for Tira to be stuck reading the book and stuff like that, <laughs> but it is also kind of important for... I'm trying to get somewhere. Yeah, right. What's going to happen after that at the end? Is she going to go like full on beast mode and be like, <gasps> and just like, it, just. If I can, if I can fit in all the hours that I need 30, 48, need 48 hours, hours within in. a seven day period. What happens? There'll be like a increase of strength. and things. Huh? She gets a plus two to strength and her cap increases by two. So normally 20 is the top. This book of gainful might, which is the Takes actual. beyond? It takes you Yeah, because I'm already at 20. It increases strength. by two. So you'll be at 22 then? Yeah. I thought that was not possible. It's not usually, but there are I rare occasions. There Can are I occasions. read this book after you? <laughs> no. <laughs> because once it's read, it becomes dormant for 100, 100 years. years. So that's why I'm wow. like, I, I, we, we, we can do our little adventures, but I have got, I've only got, <laughs> I've I've got, only got like four more days to get in another um, uh, you've got, 17 hours. You've got six days. There was a time you said we're gonna we're gonna advance forward two days. This is still the two day period. We're okay. in the two day yeah, period. Okay, yeah. so I got six more days to get in another. Yeah, we 17 need to get you someplace where you can read. Yeah, you're, I need to read you're for in 17. day two of of your two day world building experience. And you're gonna be a beast when this. And hopefully, is over. this has been fun. Uh, I, yeah. I really like the world building aspect. It, yeah, it certainly makes this sound feel a lot more mm-hmm. alive. Well, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I think that one of the things that this does is while it is not, you know, murder hobo central, <laughs> it's not all the fight, all the thing, kill, you know, it's not when I'm not over here punching horses. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, which we have done. Which we have done. Uh, at the same time, it sets up those things so they are more meaningful. Yeah, a yeah. fight isn't, so, doesn't just, you know, like, break out in the middle of nowhere because we've reached a fight area. Sure. But I think that they will be plot-oriented. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, trying to avoid those because, again, some games, it feels like the, the easy invitation is to, oh, we're in an uncomfortable situation. Well, let's roll. Yeah. Let's, start know, swinging, first, yeah. let's start swinging. Let's start swinging. And this group, because of the character of the group, it's not they are not capable of fighting or scared of fighting. That's just not their most natural go-to. Like, yeah, why yeah. would I want to like get hurt, potentially yeah. die? So let's just roll out we have we, we have an overarching objective... That we're trying to accomplish and, you know, the fights are just incident not incidental, but I mean like we only fight as needed. 
if we have to fight in order to, you know, get to the, the next point of this. Or if Tyr is in a bad mood. And <laughs> <laughs> feels like conking somebody in the head with a metal pot or something. All right. So any other, any other um, points? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't let's, do anything. So yeah. And then, you know. Yeah. Let's get a recap. All right. Tira is now 28 points into level 14. Great. Wamberbash is 37 points into level 14. And Sechmet or Dimitri is 55 points into level 12. And Thump is 56 into 15. Okay. Mm. Creeping along. Yeah. And it's good. I, I feel better about finally having Sechmet revealed. <laughs> uh, and I hope that was a fun part of oh, the, yeah. the episode. Yeah. Uh, we worked on this and uh, it just seemed like a nice fit for this corner of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I And did. reminded me of the fact that we saw him fight, not him, but his race. In the, in the previous cockfight. And yeah. the motives revealed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because at first we're like, you know, because again, he was this, I don't know, he seems to be working some side like thing, dealer, but we don't know yeah. what that is. And we're like, was it just for power? But no, it's because he wants freedom for himself and everybody else. Yeah, and really... Maybe a little bit of power in there too. The, the fact that he... <laughs> a little bit. The fact that he has pulled back the mask figuratively and literally shows that... Trust. Yeah, you have established your yeah. credentials with him. Well, you should get a point. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we give point. you another one? We have one? a lot of, a lot of uh, backstory reviews. Yeah, yeah, true. Of... Make that two. And we'll, yeah. we'll revise your level up to... So my revised level, um, as far as update for Sekhmet or Dimitri, is now 57 points into All level right. 12. Okay. Every bit helps. Maybe Wonderful. we can find himself a girl, mate. <laughs> 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 okay, well... Thank you very much, Stackers. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the story, the direction, everything, anything. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at StackOdice. You can contact us by email at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. And you can locate us on Discord. We have information about our Discord server on both Twitter and our Instagram feed. We hope to see you again here next time, right here at Stack of Dice. Okay. We will start with a question, and that question this time is... Here. On my phone. The question that I am about to share with you... (laughs) The The color of the pen that I hold in my hand! Thank you for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett the DM and with me is... Mer- <clears throat> Meredith S. Tier Ironstag. Mike. Shut it. <laughs> Michael is Wamberbash Benson Mum. As far as I understand, getting off the island to the south is a quicker trip... I, I believe that people have accidentally found it on a three-hour tour. What we need to do... Are they still there? Let's hear it. A three-hour tour. I didn't know if I was going to get away with that. You said deserted island in the south, and I just couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs>